0: I've had an influx of male patients and emails over the last couple of weeks, which leads me to believe that men are getting it, but actually they're not. And I'm going to be talking about that a lot more tonight here on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be. Good evening, everybody. It is a pleasure to be here with you. I am Maureen McGrath. I am a registered nurse. I come to you every Sunday night to talk about none other than sex and a few other million things because everything is related to sex, as you Hopefully, no. If you are a new listener tonight, uh, you'll learn that very soon. If you've got the children around, it might be a good idea to put them to bed. Although a friend of mine said to me today, yeah, I've been listening to your show. It's a little PG if you ask me. I was so offended. But it is the family hour and so I can't really let loose if you know what I mean. Uh, Between eight and nine. But uh, when I'm out of here, it's an entirely different story for me anyway, and I hopefully it is for you as well. I'm a registered nurse, a researcher, blogger, singer. No, I'm actually not a singer. I'm just a wannabe lounge singer. Anyway, I will probably sing to you tonight because I have my favorite song that I've chosen tonight. I will let Luke know about that. And Luke is the technical producer here. I was like, that's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> Going down the stony end, I never. Anyway, later. <laughs> Off key, that's okay. A little nervous there, you know, right out of the gates. Thank you, Luke, for uh, helping me out tonight, as you do every Sunday night here on the show. You're welcome. <laughs> 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 it's okay. Um, thank you. I'm <laughs> little, looking like the technical genius that I am here today. But thank you, Maureen. <laughs> We've got a good show. I'm really, really excited about it. We've got lots of guests. and uh, yeah, lots, yeah, it's going to be fun. Lots of guests. Lots of people like to talk about sex, but you got to do more than talk about it. you got to have it. And so hopefully this show will help you to have it. And that's really my intention with this show is it's a place for you to come and talk to me or email me or learn something about yourself or your relationship or, or some questions you've had. Or ideas that you may have. I have uh, an email from somebody. Tonight, he has been asking about anal sex and how he could introduce that to his girlfriend. And I say, don't come from behind on that when you start out. But anyway, no, you may actually want to. (laughs) Um, But nonetheless, there's lots of questions and there's no question that you should be ashamed of. And we're going to be actually touching a little bit upon shame throughout different segments of the show tonight. Uh, Shame around the lack of sexual education that is given in certain churches, and, and one of those churches, for example, is the Church of the Latter-day Saints, and I actually had another email from a man who told me there were relationship issues, and I said, well, what was, what's the problem? He's been with a woman for 14 years, and, and uh, he wasn't very descriptive in the issue, and so I asked him what it was, and he said, well, I was an a-hole, and I, I will agree with him on that, uh, with my perspective on homosexuality. He said, I used to be a member of the Latter-day Saints, uh, the Mormon Church, essentially. And so that ties in. uh, Tying in is always good, tying up. Uh, That ties in with the University of Lethbridge. And we'll be talking about that as well. Dr. Jim Faust, as I like to say, is an aphrodisiac professor from Concordia University. And he attended the Puzzle of Sexual Orientation in Lethbridge, Alberta, a community that has, it's the fourth largest city in Edmonton. I think there's only five cities in Edmonton. I mean in Edmonton. What did I just say? The fourth largest city in Alberta. Hello, I'm blonde. That's it. That's what I get for actually looking to make fun of a city. Um, just because I'm from Boston, <laughs> I live in Vancouver, um, but anyway, Lethbridge, Alberta is a large Mormon population and... It's unusual that this Puzzle of Sexual Orientation conference uh, would take place in such a city. Um, but anyway, also, this is a very interesting university, the University of Lethbridge, U of L. Um, and they're, the courses that they're offering and and who's signing up for them and why they're signing up for them and how angry they are once they learn things that they had never heard of. So... It's no wonder people have problems in their sex lives, especially if you marry somebody from Lethbridge, Alberta. I guess, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but you can see if people have not had education or or um, some of the education is, is never to engage in sex, so one of the values is chaste, um, it's, it can be challenging to actually leave that, leave that kind of a community and see the rest of the world. In the U.S., we would never have a conference that's such as the puzzle of sexual orientation that has gone on there um, annually for the past few years. Anyway, so I look forward to speaking to Dr. Jim Faust. He's actually a professor of psychology, and uh, he's a research fellow at the University, uh, Concordia University. He's been a guest on the show before. Uh, Also, um, this week, I know we had the Lionsgate Bridge bump, and that was a big story, but there were some other things that happened that I thought were slightly more important. I actually didn't feel like anybody from West Van who was commuting over the Gate Bridge got to complain about a bump in it. You're sitting on the most beautiful uh, place in the world, pretty much, and uh, the Vista is amazing. You're likely in a BMW, Lexus, Range Rover, or... Mercedes or if you're 16 years old you've probably just been given a Maserati so you really don't get to complain go get your Starbucks about 10 minutes earlier and you'll be maybe five minutes late for work so I don't really see the the problem there in fact that is a first world problem some of the issues we're talking about tonight are in fact first world problems one of them happens to be something I talk about quite a bit it affects a lot of people low sexual desire in women it happens in men as well and the FDA has just approved Addy ADDYI. It's a sexual desire pill for women. There are so many women that experience low sexual desire, and there's a number of reasons. Is this pill going to help all of them? Well, we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, Also, it's not a coincidence. Certainly not. I just think the stars were aligning this week because 40 million men have had their information leaked. Uh, From the hack that occurred at Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison is the dating site for married people. Yes, the dating site for married people. Bit of an oxymoron, but that does exist. And 40 million men are members and likely 40 million women are members as well. But women didn't have to sign up. Women, uh, just much like a club or a bar, they get in for free. So there's probably 40 million women. So there's probably 80 million people on that site. So this week, email addresses were exposed and credit card information. And so this has impacted men's lives in their communities, in their neighborhoods, with their wives, with their families, with their childrens. And this has affected men and families and women and bosses and employees and everybody the world over. One of the most surprising things, I thought, was that people actually use their work addresses. What happened to keeping private uh, business separate from your professional life? So, so many addresses had the end of the U.N. or Parliament or Congress or other companies as well. But my question is, we're shaming these men, and, or men are being shamed in their lives within their community or with their children or their families. They're losing jobs. Divorce lawyers are in high, high demand. And worst of all, some men have even committed suicide. So... Does anybody else think we maybe should look at the problem in the relationship, and this is just an antidote for the low sexual desire, perhaps? Because that is the number one reason men cheat, and the top five reasons men cheat have to do with sex. They're not having sex in the relationship. Some of these men have not had sex for 10 years, 12 years. They can count on one hand how many times they've had sex in the last two years. I'm telling you, I see these people. This is a common issue. Some men cheat others don't. I'm surprised at the ones who don't, to be honest with you. So we're going to delve into that a little bit more tonight. How do you feel about cheaters? Why don't you tell me? I'm always for the underdog. Do you think we should look at the relationship and put an end to perhaps blaming the cheater? Maybe there's a paradigm shift that needs to happen with marriage and monogamy. Uh, This is a very complex issue. I know a lot of people feel that people who cheat are slime buckets. Especially when it's guys, because they also think that women never cheat. But that's not true either. A lot of women cheat for the same reason. Sex, bad sex, boring sex, no sex, better sex, and conquest sex. That's five. <laughs> um, so those are the kind of the top five reasons. Easy to remember, especially that conquest sex. That's number five. They actually are after a particular person because they may have a certain status or something like that. Anyway I, I don't really understand that one but uh, so let's see what can we do about our sex lives to improve our sex lives I'm going to be talking about that in one second but before that some people never even have a chance of having a healthy sex life or intimacy or a close relationship with a man I'm talking about women who have been victims of childhood sexual abuse and As I say that, I know that men, many, many men have been victims of childhood sexual abuse as well. It will negatively impact somebody's sexual health, sexuality, sex life, uh, peace, peace of mind. And Karen joins me later on in the show to talk about how she has healed from this travesty. This is another malignancy in our society. It's another one that is such a huge shame, places tremendous shame on the victims. They have very difficult times traveling on this gravel road of life, and lots of issues around sexual pleasure and experiencing orgasm, being intimate, being vulnerable, which is what we need to have the best sex life possible. So, but before all that, what else might help? Well, some people think that marijuana might help, cannabis. So there's that's in the news as well these days. And uh, so it may have some properties that may help your physical sensation, or it may also help you to focus or may help you to relax, chill out, be more vulnerable, which is always good when you are back to the bedroom. And to that end, attorney, because he's from the US, Barry Gainsburg, joins me, when I come back from the break. So we're going to be talking about smoking the bone. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're <laughs> listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm your host here tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. That is a great song, I think. That's one I'm practicing lately on my guitar. Everybody's tired of hearing me sing that. Uh, Laura Niro is the artist, and it was she, was, she wrote that song because... She was a lesbian and she was very conflicted about her sexuality and she was married to a man. It was the 60s and she was married to a man and she had such internal rage and she was so afraid to be herself that she wrote this song and her biggest fear was that she would be uh, metaphorically stoned to death like the women in the Bible who were stoned to death for wrongdoing. And so it was, it was very, um, it's, I just think it's a very passionate and meaningful song, and it, and it still applies today to a lot of, for a lot of people. Anyway, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that with Dr. Jim Faust when he joins me in the second half of the program. I don't want you to think that I think nobody has sex out there. I actually met a patient in my office this week. She was uh, in an arranged marriage. She'd been married for 30 years. She was about 50 years old. And she told me she was sexually active like three or four times a week. I'm like, Really? You still like the guy? <laughs> she said, Yes. That's when she told me it was an arranged marriage. She was like, I love my husband. And, you know, we have great sex. And it's, but this little medical problem was impacting it. So, you know, there are people out there. There's one couple in British Columbia having great sex, maybe two. Uh, anyway, I also had an email last week. Dear Maureen, I heard you on the air last Sunday night, the second half of the show. You were saying that if you were having great sex, nothing else matters and everything will fall into place. I said, did I say that? He said, well, I'm probably paraphrasing it down, but it was something like that. I said, that's probably what most of the guys heard me say. Anyway, so thanks for all your emails. I do love them. You can email me, sextalk at cknw.com or nursetalk at hotmail.com. You can tweet me at back, the number two, the bedroom. You can give me a call tonight to tell me anything you like or ask me any questions, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Um, but right now, on the line, I have Barry Gainsburg. He is an attorney from the United States of America, my home country, and uh, he's. we've called him, And found him down in Plantation, Florida, of all places. Hello, Barry.
1: Hey, Maureen. Thank you for letting me come on your show tonight. Oh,
0: that's a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Uh, So uh, you advise uh, your lawyer or an attorney.
1: I am. In the States. I am. I play one at work, yes.
0: Do you? Yes. Well, I play one on the air. Okay, so be careful here. (laughs) Watch (laughs) out. I wanted to be a lawyer. But uh, anyway, I do sex instead. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think is better? (laughs)
1: oh i I think you've got
0: it right <laughs> it's okay no, anyway um so no, I only wanted to be the kind of lawyer that ran into the courthouse at the end with all of the evidence. This is i 've got it, you know, turn the whole court case around, otherwise, all the leading up i didn 't want to do didn't want to spend hours in a room by myself, even you though so the
1: Perry Mason moment
0: I, uh, that's it, <laughs> pretty much um but you do great work. you do some uh advising on this new industry this the cannabis industry. I do. Yes. Thank and you. So you're I, advising in the U.S. because some of the, the laws are quite different between the U.S. and Canada.
1: They are. They are. The uh, There's a division in the United States on a federal level. Marijuana use is still criminal, recreationally or medically speaking. However, uh, under federalism, several of the states, uh, Colorado, Alaska, um, Oregon, uh, have adopted recreational use. So Washington, D.C. also has recreational use as well. So right. what you now have is a lot more states uh, allowing that. And, and and to some extent, the federal government's allowing that to play out, as opposed to in Canada, medical marijuana is uh, legal across uh, all the provinces.
0: Right. So it's a federal offense in the U.S. if you get caught smoking marijuana or, or with possession. Exactly. In any now, state. There are
1: some lo- well, there are some locations. Well, uh, if it's rec, it's not a problem. Again, if that state allows you to have rec. But you have certain states like Florida, which they are now allowing certain cities to pass ordinances, and cities will just fine people $100 if they're in possession of an ounce or less. Oh, okay. So there's part of a decriminalization effort happening as well.
0: I see. So I, I thought that the federal law would overrule the – I I know nothing about this, but I no the federal no, law.
1: If, if, if the feds wanted to come in and crash the party, they could because the law preempts state law. I thought so. so that's, yes, that's, that's what I the remember protection. from
0: civics class.
1: Exactly. And that's the protection you guys actually have in Canada. The Supreme Court of the land there recognizes your right to have it on a medical basis, not only to have the bud, but recently in June they had a decision where you can have edibles and infused products and all sorts of other ways to uh, uh, deliver uh, cannabis through vapor and the rest of it. So it, it really will help the people. Who use it for a medicinal purpose?
0: Right now, do you think that having pleasurable sex is reason enough as a medic- as medicinal purpose to improve pleasure or incre- or increase blood flow? Because those are some of the qualities that cannabis exactly may have. Exactly.
1: Well, for, for sure, it certainly leads to a happier life, I believe. So, those people who are actively involved in sexual activity and enjoying it with their partners and the rest of it, it's a part of any you know, healthy core element of being a human being, quite frankly. So anything that would help somebody achieve that relationship and that fulfillment, certainly I could see it being used for that purpose.
0: And we're seeing some lubricants in the U.S. Uh, contain, they're infused with cannabido- cannabinoids.
1: We call them CBDs, so we don't stutter like that. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. CBDs. We actually call them CBDs up here as well. Um, so, uh, there, so that's the kind of the latest thing in terms of, uh, sexual desire gels.
1: It definitely is. And what it's supposed to do is to help and, and to nurture and to give you the ability to, uh, uh, perform very well and to extend your performance, uh, at nighttime. So, uh, some people are even looking at using them and incorporating them somehow into, uh, prophylactics as well. So there's a lot of research
0: going on. That's fantastic. You know, we are running out of time, Barry. The show goes by so quickly, like great sex always does. But um, I really appreciate <laughs> I really appreciate your um, joining me on the show. And uh, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how would they uh, to have your services?
1: Sure. The best way is my email. It's Gainsburg, G-A-I-N-S-B-U-R-G, at bellsouth.net. That's Gainsburg, G-A-I-N-S-B-U-R-G at BellSouth.net.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you you so much, and I'll definitely have you back on, all right?
1: You got it. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: You're welcome. Take care. Okay, listen, when I come back, we're going to be talking to the professor of aphrodisiacs, Dr. Jim Faust. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Whoa, welcome back. I am Maureen McGrath, and that was Babs. That was her version. You can tell I'm listening to all of them. Linda Ronstadt sang it as well to try and perfect that. One day I might bring my guitar in here and sing for you. No, I will not put you through that torture. Um, <laughs> anyway, lots of different sexual health subjects in the news this week, which is music to my ears because it raises the awareness around the importance of sexuality and sexual health and healthy relationships and being the best they can be, like I say on this show. Uh, But something has really altered that for a lot of people around the world. A lot of people were disgusted with a dating site for married people, Ashley Madison, and some people were not. But it's a big issue um, for many and uh, a lot of people's uh, privacy has been infringed upon this week and it's very disappointing for a lot of people. I'm curious how you feel about it. Uh, I look at it um, because as a very complex issue because for about the last 13 years I have been um, treating patients in my office who have been in sexless relationships sexless marriages they remain in sexless marriages for a number of reasons the sex seems to drop off right after the wedding or after the children are born the children enter the marital bed that's another reason for uh sexless marriages sexless relationships there's a lot of relationships that are arranged some of them can be fantastic but some of them are very problematic as well there's a new app I heard about it. It's called Salaam app. And I heard him being interviewed, at the, the developer of that, and he said, if you are a parent and want your child to meet somebody within their community, this is a good app for that. And to me, that is a massive red flag for that app. It's not your parent who, whether subliminally or having an influence, who in any way should choose who you end up with. That's part of the big problem we have here with uh, sexless marriages. That's why there are so many problems. We marry who society thinks we should. We don't marry the person who we fall in love with. We can't have that one because that one isn't accepted by our family. Um, I uh, So to that end, a lot of people go outside of the relationship. I'm not the least bit surprised. People are really surprised at this, that that people cheat. When you think of 80 million people on Ashley Madison, if you add the men, the 40 million whose data has been exposed, and then probably another 40 million, that's 80 million. That's 10 times the population of Canada, the world over, who is on Ashley Madison, and there has to be a reason for that. Um, Now, I don't know if you are... Somebody who's in a relationship where you found your partner intending to cheat, because that's what a lot of people who have been found out on Ashley Madison, they're saying, well, I just went on out of curiosity. I didn't really cheat. This is what they have to say. They have to lie again. Because if they tell the truth, they may hurt somebody because the truth hurts. But it's really the truth that will actually help to improve your relationship. Yeah, it's heartbreaking when somebody cheats on you. Who hasn't been cheated on? at one time or another in their life. Maybe you didn't know about it, but it's heartbreaking to be cheated on. It's also doesn't feel great to cheat on people either. Many, many people cheat on other people and they don't feel great about it, but sometimes it's to meet a biological need or an urge that is not being met at home. So if you perpetuate the lie um, you're never going to get to the bottom of the problem and you're going to remain in a very unhappy relationship. And so I think this is a good thing. I am an eternal optimist, though. Um, I do think this is a good thing uh, that people may, it may provide people with an opportunity, if they have courage, if they are, have good self-esteem, and if they can muster the effects of it to say, yes, I cheated, and this is why my needs weren't being met, or whatever the reason is. Um, so I, I would actually encourage people who have been caught out cheating or intending to cheat to be honest and say, and it's also a private issue between two people. It's really nothing that someone you work with or... Someone you work with or, um, you know, someone you know or someone you're related to. It's not for you to judge. You don't walk in their shoes. So I think we need to remove some of the shame, look at our own selves, deal with our own problems, and let other people carry on in their own private lives, especially as it relates to sex and sexuality. If we didn't have so much shame surrounding it, uh, we wouldn't have so many problems. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen. If it's the first time you've heard me, I'm a registered nurse and I am the host of this show every Sunday night, the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Always great to be here with you. Uh, I did promise that I was going to talk about the conference that happened in Lethbridge, Alberta this past week. It happens about every five years and it's so this was the fourth one. Um, around the puzzle of sexual orientation. And my guest, Jim Faust, uh, we're not able to get in touch with him. We're having technical problems. So um, I hope you didn't hear me call him the aphrodisiac professor. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll hopefully uh, um, start with that story next week uh, and talk about that. But there is an article in the meantime, a little homework for you. Um, and it's a an update from a a piece that was written in the Boston Globe about 10 years ago. And it's called What Makes People Gay? Uh, The update. And it was returning 10 years later to one of the most read stories ever on the Boston Globe, in the Boston Globe. And there was some new evidence that was found that answers um, the question, why were you gay? And the answers may lie in the womb. It's a really interesting story. She followed a set of identical twins, and who the one twin uh, was a bit more feminine than the other twin when they were little boys. And she follows them later uh, as teenagers. So it's quite interesting. Just Google what makes people gay and update Boston Globe. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. So we're going to move on to a far more difficult subject. This week, I'm Sure, you've seen in the news that uh, the subway man, whose name I will disgustingly say, Jared Fogle, was uh, arraigned on charges of pedophilia, purchasing sex from children, and a number of other disgusting, horrific acts. Um, It doesn't matter how much money you have, or how successful you are, or how well-known you are, this kind of thing knows no bounds. Sexual abuse, unwanted sexual advances, sexual trauma its very common. It happens to one-third of women by the time they are 16 years old, and it has a tremendously negative impact on their sense of well-being, their peace of mind, and may impact their sex lives, their level of intimacy, their degree of vulnerability, and everything that makes what should be a most loving and intimate relationship with somebody can be a nightmare because of flashbacks, because of fear, because of obsessive-compulsive disorder, other anxiety disorders. And it's something that really needs to be processed, dealt with, validated, and you need to heal from it. And often it's a lifelong journey for many women. Many women will tell me they're in their 60s and I'm the first person they've told. Or they're married for 15 years when they finally tell their husband the man that they may have been sleeping with or infrequently for the past 15 years so I'm honored to uh, have on the line with me Karen who is willing to share her story in the hopes of helping other women hello Karen
2: oh hi Maureen how are you
0: I'm fine thanks how are you
2: I'm great thank you and thank you for having me on your show today
0: I'm I'm honored that you're here, and I really feel that when women share their stories, they empower other women and girls, and this is a societal malignancy that knows no bounds. It's in every culture, in every country, and every, every socioeconomic status. Nobody is uh, immune to the risk of sexual abuse.
2: You're right, and uh, sadly, I believe that these statistics are a lot greater than what you said, I think that uh, from what I hear right now from women I talk to, it's one in two have experienced some sort of sexual touching inappropriately uh, before the age of 16. I really do believe that more women need to be able to tell their story without feeling shame or any sort of um, being ostracized because of what happened to them as a child. And it's only men, It's wi- or women, it's men as well, right?
0: Absolutely. <clears throat>
2: so my story started, I was raised in a wonderful home. Uh, my parents were great parents. Um, it was in Ontario, and my uncle was uh, 19 at the time, and we didn't know that he suffered from mental illness at the time. And one day I was nine years old, and I was... Uh, feeling ill, and the, everybody was going out berry-picking, and I stayed back because I had a fever, and that was his opportunity to actually sexually assault me. Um, he raped me, uh, and I was huh. nine. I was the fortunate one in the family. Um, my cousins weren't as fortunate because it only happened to me once. Uh, it was multiple times with them. But um, my uncle was diagnosed with, with schizophrenia, bipolar schizophrenia, and uh, he has since passed away, but uh, it's taken years for me to come to terms with this. Um, Every time I talk about it, it's a healing process, but when I was 16, I finally told my parents what had happened, um, and I had to make up a story, and I'm actually compiling stories of other women, and I'm actually putting it together to put in a book called The Dirty Little Secret. Um, so I want every women, woman to have an opportunity to be able to feel the, the freedom it gives you to speak about it. Uh, I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. And I know that um, so many women I talk to that have experienced this, they've never shared it with anybody because they felt that they didn't want to shame their family when the shame it's not shame, it's freedom. it's freedom for you to be able to talk about it, and that talking about it releases that sense of um, you're just isolated and it's it's an amazing opportunity to be able to share it with your audience tonight <clears throat> my um My other experience was I was babysitting uh family and the father came home intoxicated and I was 12 and he came into the room and I pretended I was asleep and I knew that something was not right and he started touching me and I I got up and I said no and I walked out and I think what had happened with me with my uncle I knew it was wrong and I just find it ironic that uh, individuals think that they can sexually abuse children and think that they can get away with it. It's almost like it's um, it's an acceptance.
0: It's of? it's willful blindness. It's a it's, it's a tough blindness. subject. I know that uh, this is a very difficult subject. I, I know you're married, and has this had a, an impact on your uh, intimacy, level of intimacy, vulnerability, sexuality, se- sex life? I think through the earlier years?
2: in my life, it did have a serious impact. I find that the women I talk to, they either become extremely um, promiscuous or extremely uh, reserved. And it's, it's an interesting phenomenon because uh, they either go one extreme or another. Well, some women are very lucky and they, and they can, you know, find a balance. But I think that... Um,
0: <clears throat> I, I've In my practice, Karen, I have to say this. I have never found a woman... Who could find a balance i had never found a okay. woman i have never met a woman who was <laughs> okay with it on any level who didn't struggle whether it was with depression drinking drugs shopping mental illness sexuality problems intimacy issues
2: yes and i i have to say that i've been happily married for 28 years and uh my husband's a, a fabulous man and um I just think that I was very fortunate early in my life to be able to get some help with uh, <clears throat> excuse me with some psychotherapy and talking to a psychologist and being able to work through it.
0: And so you had validation from your parents then?
2: I did have. Val- my father wanted
0: to kill him. Okay, so they believed you. A lot of women don't believe their daughters or their sisters or their nieces mm-hmm. when it happens to them. And that's my message out there for women. If somebody comes to you, a child comes to you and tells you that a, a man inappropriately touched them or in the wrong area, believe them and get away from that man as quickly as possible. I don't care who he is.
2: I find it. Yeah, you, you share that. Um, it actually put a wedge in our family. My, my father confronted my uncle and he um, was so angry. My father's former military guy, so he uh, he was very, very angry. And uh, it put a wedge in our family, and <clears throat> that side of the family we distanced ourselves from. And uh, uh, I know that uh, my mo- this is my mother's brother, and my mother, uh, I think, deep down inside, she had some severe disappointment. She was really disappointed with her brother. She believed me, but she was really... She was saddened, but it was you know it was many years ago, and it was a different time. It and was. It, I think now that uh, more and more women and men are talking about the abuse that happens to them, it really is uh, an opportunity to hear their story, allow them to share it, and validate the, what their experience and being able to work through that.
0: It's still hard for people to do that, and I've, I've seen that as well. Lack of validation in young people. Um, you know, they may be in their 20s, and it may have happened to them, and their mother didn't validate that their boyfriend uh, sexually assaulted her daughter, their daughter. So, uh, you know, I still I think we have a long way to go on this. And I know you said your brother had mental illness. Your, your uncle, sorry, had mental illness, your mom's brother. But somebody does not need to have mental no, illness, exactly. nor all mental people with mental illness do not sexually abuse children. No, exactly. If you want to make that the other, point.
2: Yeah, the other point is that the man that assaulted me when I was babysitting, he was not mentally ill at all.
0: No, but he, <laughs> he was, was drunk, was, and he, he may involved. have been mentally ill. He may have been medicating with yeah. alcohol.
2: He was intoxicated, which is not an excuse either, everybody. <laughs>
0: like No, no, it's no not. no excuse
2: for sexually assaulting a child, or anybody, uh, for that matter, regardless of what their age is. And, you know, it's really disturbing. I just heard on the news that a woman was sexually assaulted tonight in Vancouver, and it's just, <clears throat> our society has... Um, I, I almost feel like we've become desensitized because it happens so much. But we shouldn't allow that to happen. I mean, parents need to listen to their children. We And, you know, I hear all the time that parents, you know, they're overprotecting their kids. They don't want them to go to the park. They don't want them to play in the park by themselves. Well, you know what? I'm sorry, but our laws are so lenient towards sexual predators, and I just don't feel that it's a different time that we're living in
0: well it's also um but it's most commonly uh somebody in the family that exactly that's actually so the park is probably a safer place for a lot of people probably yeah, yeah you're right yeah uh,
2: but uh when when um when this happened to me and my family it was uh it was really uh i i didn't know what to i was nine I yeah didn't know what was happening I was sick, I had a fever and it was just um
0: it, it's very poignant to say it happened to you and your family because it did and it and it, you know in on many levels probably really uh this was the family's tragedy you well, know one it was. of and yeah.
2: my cousins that had it happen to you know they um they didn't uh their their parents didn't validate and didn't accept what they were saying i mean it was multiple times with them and
0: and I, I hate to cut you off, Karen, because I really appreciate you having a story, Don't but worry. I've got to go to the break and uh, we're coming up to the end of the program, but love to have you back on again, because yeah. I think this is a conversation that we need to have over and over again. So thank, well, you, thank you so Maureen. much for thank sharing you, your me. story. When I come back, we'll wrap this baby up and uh, talk about what's coming up. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen. Well, all good things must come to an end. Thank you to all my fabulous guests tonight. The show would be nothing without them and you. I appreciate your listening uh, every Sunday night. Thanks so much. Feel free to email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com or sextalk at cknw.com. I've got some uh, engagements this uh, fall. I'll be speaking at My Bella Baby on September 19th. I, that'll be on my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. I also am planning some menopause events, that natural transition of life in November. And uh, I'm going to actually get to play a lawyer here in the city. I'm speaking at the Trial Lawyers Association of British Columbia conference on December (laughs) fourth. Anyway, and um, but details, I'll uh, details. Who needs them? I'll give them to you later. Uh, You can always follow me on Twitter at back the number two the bedroom. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath. You have been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Have yourselves a sexually healthy week.